I think the reason that threes can be so successful is that they are assertive, but about your emotional location. Mm. They're, they're assertive about getting inside of you. Most people don't really connect to anybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And most people just sort of, sort of like have common aims or common fears to keep them together, but not really relating to each other. Mm-hmm. The, the not of fours are after him. <laughs> And you, he needs $500 right now or they're going to they're gonna decapitate him in Munich. Work hard, play hard. <laughs> the Big Hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self-president with Firewing 458 Trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-press sexual 9 with 1974 trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an 8 wing 7, sexual self-press with 854 fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-press social 3 wing 4 with a 369 trifix. If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Tinder Swindler. Y'all hear me? Yes. Yeah. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I need to check it out. I mean, if you want to, you can you can stick around because I think it's it's not like a difficult story to explain. Like it's, right. the premise is is uh pretty straightforward. It I think it's there's a little bit more interesting stuff going on with the psychology behind why this scam is so effective. Um I think we could have a conversation mm. about like the the three style of attachment, um, mm-hmm. you know how 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 three can craft something to attach to. That's one thing that I mm-hmm. kind of got away from. That I was just blown away by the assertiveness and the attachment, the combination of those two things. Right, yeah. Like it was just incredible, but also just like he laid a groundwork for. He built a foundation of attachment. It's like yeah, yeah. it's it was just really fascinating. Um, watching why something like that would work. Like, you know, on paper, if you actually heard, like, this guy's been scamming people off Tinder, you'd be like, oh, these fucking dumbasses. But when you actually see the the kind of what experience... Yeah, yeah, what he did, it's like, you know, it's understandable that anyone would fall for this. I guess the part totally. that's not understandable is the amount of money that uh, he was able to get off these women. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw the trailer. and It was like, he was grabbing... Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Half a million. (laughs) (laughs) That's hardcore. So is he in jail now? No, he's still doing his thing. That's the that's that's a part of it about this whole thing that's like, holy shit, this is like, is this real? I actually went on Instagram and TikTok. He's a real person. He's still, you know, he's trying to cash in on the publicity and the the notoriety that this has brought his way. And I'm like, holy shit. So, you know, like I watched this like two weeks ago or something. So I just had it on and watched maybe the first 30 minutes just to refresh. And I was really kind of like paying attention to, does anybody describe anything about this guy? Uh-huh. Not, not his lifestyle, not his stuff he owns or stuff he supposedly does, but like just about their personal connection. And the best anybody said was something like he was easy to talk to, which yeah. means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say this, though is that I was amazed. I was really impressed by the amount of like uh, groundwork that he laid in terms of, you know, on WhatsApp, on text, like every single day, uh, just checking in, how are you doing? Like just showing interest and that day-to-day, like each of these girls, for good reason, really believed that he was all about them. And so how many wealthy, successful men come along who can devote that much attention to someone on a daily basis, right, like yeah. just checking in and say, I'm interested in you. I love you, baby. I, I, I got to remember what he sounded like because his accent's uh, fucking hilarious. He sounded like, like, work hard, play hard. <laughs> 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 baby, I love you so much. I, and we are have a good relationship together. I, I want to you... see you soon. <laughs> yes, we that we whole have a beautiful thing. baby together, I promise. And, and so it was a fairy tale that he was spinning, and but he was reinforcing it on a daily basis. So it'd be one thing if you met a fantasy person, you would you would expect that they would be distant, they would be unavailable. But this person uh-huh. was there every day, and I was like, 
it's almost impossible. It's it's I I understand why the average person would fall for something like this. What I don't understand is the the lengths that people once the attachment was formed over months and months, like six nine months of every single day, this person is there giving you this kind of attention. It would make sense that you know you'd you'd feel invested enough to want to lend them money. But I just didn't understand like really two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, really. <laughs> yeah. Well. You know, uh, so I'm traveling for business right now, and I'm currently in Lisbon. So, you know, if I if I have to pause uh, this pod, it's just because I'm on the plane. But, um, but yeah, you know, I love Alexander very much, and we've had a really good relationship. And so, you know, I'm just just putting that out there for right now. <laughs> Does she have some money, possibly? That she <laughs> Being swindled. I was interviewing Venmo. I'm like twenty bucks. <laughs> Venmo me twenty thousand dollars immediately. I'm, Otherwise, I'm not, the, my, I'm not that Mr. Exclusive. I don't. I, nobody would buy it. That I. No, he <laughs> just wants some thousands of dollars. I just need twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks for street vendor tacos. Yeah, I need. I need. I just need a subway pass. <laughs> hey, what I want to jump off. Hard. I want to jump off the call. Uh, I'm. I haven't seen the show. I know I could stay on and. Raz this guy, but I've got stuff to do. Okay, very, but you're you're gonna you're gonna come back and end the call, right? Because yeah. I can't be the host because that's well, only just somebody text me or something. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Okay. Don't okay. fall asleep. All right. Uh, that's a real possibility. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. All right. Later. Later. Welcome to Big Hormone Enneagram. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Excellent start. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we are back. We're talking about the Netflix documentary on the Tindler Swindler. Before we do that, plugs. Please buy my book. Please buy my book. Please buy David's Trifix Guide. It is excellent. Uh, please subscribe to Emika, David, and Joseph's Dark Arts Academy. Who you got coming up, Emika? Uh, we just typed the president of Ukraine. And yeah, he's 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 a character. He's uh, that was that was really fun to do, and we just did recorded one about Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa, that pop star. Yeah, okay. So she's oh, she was an interesting typing. I mean, one of those like vacant pop stars that's interesting yeah. to look at but has nothing of substance to say. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that kicks us into the topic of the day. <laughs> Speaking of abject emptiness. Yeah. <laughs> so for those who have not seen it on Netflix, there's a documentary called The Tindler Swindler. Tinder. Tinder Swindler. Tinder <laughs> Tinder Swindler. And yeah, he um, he pretends to be a, real, a really rich guy who uh, is getting his money from scamming women and he goes on Tinder. He matches and either makes friends or like, makes them his one of his harem of girlfriends and lays a trap in the story of being like super rich exclusive dude and uh eventually says my enemies he's israeli he's like my enemies are after me i need money from you and so <laughs> he has this whole elaborate scheme he lays on him uh you know that he's been under attack from enemies for some reason usually pretending he's like a, a diamond diamond heir or something yeah like that. yeah yeah yeah, I, I will say this, though, that I heard about this on social media, just been going around, and it just sounded like, oh, you know, a bunch of just dumb girls falling for a scam. But I was really surprised at how effective the thing was when I watched it, in, in the sense that you might think this is dumb, but if you actually watch what he did, anyone could fall for this. Not not to the extent that maybe these these girls did, but that this is almost impossible not to fall for mm -hmm. because here's what I was surprised by is that um, he's on Tinder. He's got the image of wealth and he brings girls along on, on dates that are lavish. And if you're the average person who is hoping to meet a rich guy to finally meet one and he's basically spending a whole bunch of money taking you on expensive dates and clubs and private jet trips and he's always on the go. He's got business deals to do. Um, and he's not only that, but he's incredibly attentive to you. Like he, This guy is in your DMs every single day. 
you know, he cares about you. He, you know, but that's not just like he did that. He met you on Thursday and he's asking you for money next week. No, he doesn't ask anyone for money until it's like eight, nine months later. Like sometimes it's like six months of someone who's wooing you and paying as much attention to you. So you, he built a real connection. Right. You know, that's a part of this that's really, um, compelling is that he's building a real connection he's building a real attachment and that's part of what i I came away from this whole thing is like this is about attachment and it's Mm -hmm. crafting a really strong attachment that um then you can now later on cash in on Mm -hmm. yeah i mean he's made an entire job out of social conning for self-preservation needs through the heart space yes He's a three, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Clear DJ self-pres social three. Yes. And uh, work hard, play hard. <laughs> and what's really interesting about him is that something that we've touched on the podcast before, but is really uh, not generally recognized about threes is that they can paint an emotional landscape. Mm-hmm. You know, they, can, they can really, it's not just selling you on an image. It's like there's a, an emotional quality to it. There's like a, it's not necessarily producing a bunch of feelings in you, but there's, there's a, the, the crafting of identity goes on to an emotional and like resonance level. Yes. And he's really good at seemingly doing that and seemingly crafting the like sense of a relationship. But like, you know, we were saying before, he has almost no personal qualities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, as Emic is saying, he's like extremely attentive and just like, I, like, and everything is very generic because obviously he's doing this with like multiple, multiple women at the same time. And yes. how he keeps track of that is pretty amazing. Uh, but just like, hello, honey, I love you. It is good to hear from you. We are together for future. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's, you know, crafting those, temp- uh, those templates or he's uh, adjusting those templates depending on the girl. So, he is doing the same thing with all these girls, but it, it, listening to all these voice messages is like, wow, this is a lot of work. Like, yeah, this he's is that personalizing them for yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah, like this is his real job is personalizing um, the sense that he is the dream boyfriend for each of these girls. Um, but it's not necessarily in, in like he's getting deep with them and, and having like real heart to heart conversations about you know difficult topics or things like that it's a sense of i'm here like i'm i I care about you baby i'm i'm going to be in lisbon this evening i'm I'm gonna see you when i come back to london you know that sort of just always the anticipation of when he's going to come back and they're going to do something exciting and i think that's maybe the expectation of this is a really wealthy guy so i can't expect depth emotional depth but the Mm -hmm. fact that he's attentive and he's always pinging me and he's, he's like sending uh you know how people send location tags yeah, and so I I think what I got away from it is that there's a way that attachment can be maintained without any real connection, like yeah. that sense of there's there's an attachment that's being formed here. But to me, it doesn't seem like it's based on anything. But it's actually enough <laughs> in some weird way. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't like want to make this just like attachment types scam each other. <laughs> <laughs> this can happen. They don't. This can happen to any type. I think. Like Just we all kidding. have attachment structures. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> attachment is the fundamental uh, object relational structure. But uh, yeah, there was definitely uh, there is definitely something about the availability. And like I was saying, to Alexandra, as we were like kind of reviewing this beforehand, not just the documentary, but like other things in life, and like all, a lot of the stuff I've been learning with the social instinct shit that's been happening to me last couple of years. It's like realizing more and more that most people don't really connect to anybody, you know? Yeah, yeah. And most people just sort of, sort of like have common aims or common fears or common projections or something to keep them together but not really relating to each other. Mm-hmm. And it does make this very empty sense of connection. So for me, it was like, I was like, God, these these people are like staying connected in some ephemeral way to this guy. Um, but there's no relationship. There's just like, there's attentiveness, there's hitting certain notes, but it like, there, nobody said anything personal about the guy. Even yeah. like, you know, the, the, in the, in the documentary, they focus on three main women, 
mm-hmm. understand by him. And, uh, you know, obviously there was much more, but nobody said anything about him personally, except he was easy to talk to. That was the only time I heard anything about him. And that was like really striking. There was no like, even in the voice notes and the text, there was not like any jokes. There was not like any inside nudges. There was no banter. It was like just, I'm going to be in Barcelona soon. <laughs> I join you. Come get your check. You know, this kind of thing. Alexander, what, what is the code for he's easy to talk to? What does that mean? What do you think that they're trying to say about him? Okay, so, okay, so that's a perfect segue into what I was going to say. Um, so, yeah, there is the argument that, like, people get attached to very little. And I don't think that's specific to attachment types. I think people in general can just get by on very little because we don't, we're not awake to all of our real needs. Um, however, what I think he's doing as a three is he's feeling into what you find valuable. He's making it all about you. Mm-hmm. He's just reflecting what you, what he's, what he has like extracted that you find valuable, what you want to hear, what you want to feel. And he's giving you that so that the attention is never actually on him. It's all on yourself. And all you feel is, wow, this guy is amazing. Hmm. When really he's probably making you feel good about yourself and you can, you know, this is like a maybe dumb positive outlook thing, but these women maybe can walk away being like, wow, I feel, you know, learn something about myself here. Uh, but that's what I think is happening. This like easy to talk to means I, I know this is maybe like a sideways. I don't know how this is going to land, but it's I enjoy talking to myself. <laughs> Damn. So it's- Okay, I just had a interview with um for his podcast that he hasn't launched yet, Josh Levine, who's a social self pres Bermuda three. Yes, and he, Josh. He, Josh is great. And I had a unique experience talking to him that really illuminated something about three for me. You know, because he he has a really interesting way of contextualizing you. Like, you know, when we before we did the call, he was introducing me and I and just hearing the stuff that he was saying about what I've done in the Enneagram was like I was looking into a really clear mirror like it's almost it felt like almost like an idealized mirror even though it was like he was very fair and unbiased it felt like wow I'm really seeing myself through this person's eyes and it just made me realize it made me realize that you know at least for the three especially maybe like a social three it's like a, a reflection and you know, I guess it can be manipulative in a way that a three can can sense into how you'd like to see yourself, and they can reflect that back to you. But mm-hmm. on a pure level, like threes can represent this clear heart identity space where they can show you things about that you can really see yourself clearly in a three, or a three can reflect back to you what you want to see, and that's intoxicating in in a, in a and you it can become addicted to that because it's self-affirming in a way that no other type can can do for anyone else. And so, yeah, I, I, I guess that's something that can be really addictive and really uh, seductive about the three personality is how it can be a mirror to your identity and make you see yourself unlike, you know, any other type can. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing to emphasize because... If you look up pictures of this guy, he's like fine, you know, he's just like an okay looking guy. There's maybe self-pres appeal in the fact that he's like, there's like a sexual blind kind of cleanness to mm-hmm. him. And then there's clearly a look of wealth. But if yes. you look at him, he's not this magnetizing, super hot guy. Like nobody was captivated by his like sex appeal. It, so his like main, how do I say this? His like main weapon was to use the heart space against these people. Yeah. You know, and, if you're feeling good about yourself and then you get attached to the source that is making you ah, feel good about yourself, like, why wouldn't you go to the ends of the world for this person? Yeah, I think people can feel dismissive of these women. It's like, how can you be so stupid? Because I, I felt that way initially and I didn't really empathize with what they had gone through until I'd, I'd um, just watched the whole thing. Like, yes, if somebody was in your DMs every single day and giving you that kind of attention, first of all, Who's doing that? What guy who doesn't need to do that is doing that? Like a guy. (laughs) I'm in Portugal right now. (laughs) I just need $40. We just been moving $40. You're such a good friend. (laughs) You need to talk to me nonstop every day for nine months before I can do that. (laughs) 
<laughs> but no, you start to empathize because you realize, oh man, like just emotional, the emotional uh, connection that's e- that's even even though it's not based on anything, uh, that level of attentiveness. Um, even you know me as a social blind, I I can see that there's a way that when a three can bring that kind of attention to you, it's like it's almost like you're looking at a a painting of yourself and you know, you're having really good feelings about like, I left the call with Josh feeling really good. Like it, it not like he was manipulating me in it, but the, the, no, no. the three world, the social three world, like illuminated certain things about my character and identity that I was like, man, I should talk to someone like that on a regular basis. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can give them $20,000, <laughs> you know, because it's like, that's, that was actually really helpful. Like as a social blind, not being able to see myself, you know, talking to social types can really be cool because they, you know, they can, they can see you, but also a social three, it's like a really precise, uh, reflection. And, you know, I, and so I could, I could see how if someone were to take that kind of energy and try to manipulate women over a period of time, like that shit would work on anybody. Maybe you wouldn't send him you know, as much money as those women did. But if someone were to build an emotional connection, it's also he was targeting women who were susceptible to wealthy men. Like, you know, on Tinder, a lot of people advertise what type of person they're looking for. Mm, so yeah, if you're a, a woman who's got like a Gucci bag and, and you're taking a lot of photos of yourself in upscale places, you're advertising that you would like to meet a guy who is also about that kind of shit. So he was going after women who, you know, the women who fell for this were, I mean, what's a, what's a better way to say this, but they were female counterparts. Maybe they weren't that wealthy, but they were, they're the type of women who would be excited about a private uh, jet plane and shit like that. (laughs) You know, that's a really good point because yeah, again, like I just saw, I'm fresh off seeing it again or seeing part of it is one of the women says something like, yeah, this is what you show in a pro in your profile. And she, she was like, a picture of yourself and then a picture of uh, you traveling and then a picture mm-hmm. with your friends. And it was like the at least examples I used, you know, it was actually her um, actual po- photos, but they were all indicating her own socioeconomic class, at least yes. if not class than her aspirations, you know? Yes. And yes. Yeah, so, do you want to say something, baby? Um, yeah. Well, I was going to say. Um, that yes, I do agree. Like some of the women in the documentary were definitely women that would be like captivated by jet planes and traveling country to country and like expensive champagne bottles. Mm-hmm. I think another angle, specifically that first woman who felt like a six or something. I don't know. Yeah. Six, seven, yeah. Seven, she, seven. yeah she felt like a six. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think what got her because she didn't seem like very status oriented. I think what got her was the flattery that a man that could be this busy and this wealthy and this important and could have access to whatever he wanted would give her attention. Mm-hmm. Kind, of, kind of like a little old me thing. Well, I think it's like, oh, this big important person that could have anything and anyone he wanted is placing all of his value in me. Mm. You know, so it's another weaponizing of your own value. Yeah, really good point. Yeah, another thing I was really struck by in watching it was like, uh, you know, and this is part of the three crafting emotional landscape shit, but it's also just, I don't know, it also speaks to how individual people make discernments because, first of all, one of the things that struck me immediately was how joyless everything that he was enjoying looked. Like, he's having <laughs> these amazing meals and traveling and clubs and dancing and all this stuff, but it just, you know, that's why I keep saying, water hard, play hard, because it just <laughs> sounds so empty. And so, right. like, like he didn't seem like he was enjoying himself ever. And, and, you know, designer clothes and all this stuff. And, you know, so, like, there, there's the second woman in the documentary who uh, is, like, didn't get romantic with him, but just, like, was his friend. Mm-hmm. And she, like, goes to a club and there's, like, the most, like, pathetic montage of, like, of, like, dudes and champagne girls at a club. And there's, like, the chubby bodyguard, like, making this uh slapping the air like dance and (laughs) and it was like really pathetic but it was like okay like if you didn't really like trust your own intuition and you were you really you could infer from all these context cues like okay a big plane 
uh, paying for all this stuff. You know, you might go, oh, this guy's like is who he thinks he is. You know, there's like just this way of setting up a bunch of like puzzle pieces that you make a conclusion out of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, but it was really striking me that, uh, you know, like you can just like really bullshit people if you just have the right context cues set up. Yeah, yeah. Their own inferences and interpretations. And it's like, again, like if you narrowed in on who this person was, there's fucking nothing. Yeah. Like even the women that were like, yeah, we were in love or I really loved him. There didn't seem to be much core of a relationship. There didn't mm-hmm. seem to be an actual relationship. There seemed to be attention and flattery and all this other stuff, but there didn't there was not relating an intimacy. And so that was really striking is like this this utter um uh like sphere eggshell of spectacle and then just absolute emptiness inside. Yeah, I I was thinking like you know the the lady who didn't have any romantic connection to him but still got sucked into his orbit i was trying to figure out what her angle was and mm-hmm. you know because for her i guess how often do you get to meet a rich guy who you know takes you to lavish places and and pays for everything so All i could see time right here <laughs> so i could see how someone would be like why wouldn't you want a friend like this why wouldn't you want a friend who has access to the resources who can who doesn't ask you for anything that anytime you hang out with them, they're paying for expensive shit and take you on trips. Um, and so it almost seems like, yeah, if you're going to hang out with someone like that for months and months and months, and then one day they asked you for a loan, it's, you're almost going to feel like, of course, I mean, you've, you've got like so much money that you're almost thinking to yourself, if I help this rich person out, uh, friend, they're yeah. going to repay me in some handsome way because they have ridiculous amount of money because you've all you've seen is them spend ridiculous amount of money um to show you a good time for free mm-hmm. so seeing that example helped me see that man what's really going on here is it's it's more about the i mean the money is the engine for this attachment that's being built but you know why did she do it, it it's like i on some level I think she thought that this attachment was going to be beneficial to her. Like it's, I don't think she necessarily deeply cared about the guy, but it's like, like this was a friendship that came along that was beneficial to her. And she was attached to the, you know, a rich person who, who in her life, who could potentially down the line benefit her in some kind of way. But she ended up spending, sending a lot of more money that, that surprised me because I'm like, you don't even have a romantic connection to this guy. Like what's going on here? Right. That leads me to back to like his strategy and his the, the sort of competent element that he was bringing to this is that he did lay just a ton of groundwork on the onset, at least for the first woman. Mm-hmm. He on the onset, it was basically it was, hi, I like you. I have to go, though. I'll be back for you. Yes, yes. You know, so like right away, he was establishing this like this landscape of I'm a very busy person, but I'm always going to come back. Mm-hmm. So if I'm gone and out of sight for a while, don't worry, I'll be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so he had that pattern going with the first woman who he was romantically involved with. And he still kind of had that pattern with the second woman who didn't, he, he didn't, I don't remember their names, who he didn't have um, a relationship with. Yes. He had the same premise with, with all of them. And I think that was what's so impressive about the whole thing is that this is, this is something, I mean, I'm sitting here imagining someone who put out like a sheet of paper and mapped out this whole thing because that's what it felt like to me that you know this was so well put together i was actually really impressed with how thorough he was with the whole thing um like it was just it's like a three being able to like craft a ironclad image or Mm -hmm. yeah just like um an identity he created a character that was so compelling and everything kind of worked in the sense that he's going from one city to one city. So he could have like 12 girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the more yes. girlfriends he had, the easier it was to do because he would just fly. Every city he was flying to, he was going to meet up with one of them. Mm-hmm. And him being away was playing into the whole character of I am a business, you know, mogul, son of a, a billionaire or something like that. And, you know, of course I'm not available, but I'm still going to stay in touch with you and I'm going to come back soon and we're going to have an amazing time because. Money ain't ain't a thing. We have so we have so much money to burn. So I was like, this is extremely compelling. Like, I don't care who you are. On some level, if if you care about people who have a lot of money, 
that's something you care about, you're going to fall for this. <laughs> right, right. And there was a, um, like a mental organization, maybe mental is the wrong word, but there was a level of competency and organization he had to have. Like, for example, while he was asking for money from the first woman, he was using that to lay foundation on the second woman so that when the first woman sort of well ran dry, he could pray on the second woman instead. You know, mm-hmm. that was part of his thing is like, I'm going to be very generous, very generous, establish this image of I have money and you will take care of me or I will take care of you. So then mm-hmm. when he, you know, got in trouble with whatever um, thing he talked, I can't remember how he framed it, but suddenly he's in trouble. Um, I need your help so badly. You're, you're my closest friend. Please do this to me. I, of course, am good for it. You know, of course, that like trust is late of like, yeah, he's paid for tens of thousands of dollars worth of, you know, bullshit for nothing. Of course, I'm going to help him because, of course, I'm going to see this back. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I found compelling also is that a lot of a lot of these women believe that he was going to be the father of their kids. Like, you know, they were going to be married. And and so that's how deep it was. So it, it wasn't that, oh, I'm just uh, loaning money to some guy I met off Tinder. I'm You're loaning money to your future husband, who's also like a mega billionaire or something. And so, like, it's so deep. <laughs> it's it's it like I at first I was dismissive. Then I watched it. I was like, oh, man. It would be really hard not to loan. You'd loan some money. I would. I don't know if you'd loan that much money, but if someone had put that level of groundwork for six months or more, that you were the love of their life, and you know y- y'all are going to be married and and all that stuff, like yeah. And he's already poured, I don't know, tens and tens of t- thousands of dollars into you know whining and dining you. Like, of course you would. That could also be like, I don't know if this is a stretch, this just kind of popped up, but that could also be like an intimate practice or something like that. Like they, the women could have felt like they were engaging in real, like, I don't know, for a self-preservation type and for free, it feels like the exchange of money and the trust of money feels like a very intimate thing of like, oh, that's a good point. Promising marriage and babies and stuff like that. Why not mix finances in two? This is, let's just lock it in further. Yeah. And it's interesting that every single one of those women, I'm, of course, I'm just, you know, soft typing these people, but they all seem like self-pressed social types, mm-hmm. every single one of them. And, and so what does courtship look like for the different stackings? Mm-hmm. You know, for self-pres, you know, where does the gift giving come from? That, that sort of idea of if you want to marry someone, you have to bring resources. That still goes on in, in many parts of the world. That's a self-pres way of showing love. And so... You know, guys who, you know, buying girls drinks, buying girls presents, buying girl, girls trips. That's that's all like self-pressed seduction. Alexandra, uh, I'm in Munich. And uh, <laughs> can you send me just like 60 bucks on Venmo? Thank you. By the way. <laughs> I'm in trouble. All the all the Enneagram people, the bad Enneagram people are after him. The, the bad the, Enneagram uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> the road back to you people, because you said mean things on the internet. They're after him. You need to wire him $1,000 immediately. All the or fours <laughs> <laughs> All the people he's, he's the, the not a fours are after him. And you, he needs $500 right now, or they're going to they're gonna decapitate him in Munich. Work hard, play hard. <laughs> Um, you know, it's been funny because, I mean, maybe it's just because we all, uh, the zeitgeist is that like everything is corruption and, and, and scam and we just had a game show president. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of like, like these sort of grifters lately that have been getting like either shows or documentaries of, of mm-hmm. one kind or another. Yeah. Um, there's like Elizabeth Holmes, who's like, I can't tell if she's a, like an autistic three or five. Probably. Yeah. She's autistic, I, seemingly. But yeah, yeah. She's probably a three, self pressed three. I think she's a three. But she uh yeah, she like was gonna make this she's gonna be a girl boss that was gonna invent this uh small machine that would do like hundreds of blood tests that you need like huge laboratories for. And like what was interesting is they're always like, She's so smart, she's so brilliant. Like and and there's a show that, that like I just watched like the first twenty minutes of that is also emphasizing how brilliant she was, but like one of the things in the documentary about her on HBO or whatever it is, is it's seemingly somebody who knows anything about blood work would know that what she was demanding in terms of getting all those tests into a little tiny box would be impossible physically, Hmm. you know? And so that was really interesting. What to me was like the emphasis, like instead of it being this, 
oh, we have a relationship, send me money. It was like, I'm so smart and capable, send me money. Yeah, yes. And it was just this, like, everybody was, all these older, like, I mean, fucking Henry Kissinger, fuck Henry Kissinger. But, like, he was, like, vouching for her. All these, all these, like, sort of uh, high status, like, stogie rich guys were all like, oh, she's brilliant. And they all kind of, like, seemingly had this, like, crush on her. Mm-hmm. It was it was just a slightly different angle, uh, but kind of the same deal. Yeah, I've been on a like a three kick recently, just trying to understand like you know a lot. I think we see a lot of sixes and nines, and so we get a lot of their version of attachment, that their flavor of attachment. And I've been trying to understand what is so compelling about threes in a way that we attach to threes. And so I watched the uh, Kanye documentary recently. Mm, and I started that. I haven't. I fell asleep. <laughs> and I I felt that it. it, it I started to realize, like, you know, what is it? What's so compelling about this person? Um, and even I don't, I didn't know as much about him before watching it, but I found myself watching it and feeling uh, inspired by his story. And I was like, maybe this is what's happening. You know, what three, how threes are able to pull people in and get them to attach? Because it's almost like, um, you know, it's almost like three is, let's say, the way we have like an attachment template, and three is an, an assertive type is crafting in a, in a an assertive way like a new attachment template for people attached to you. So like Kanye comes out and at the time it was only gangster, you know, rap that existed and he crafted a new identity that no one had seen that people could I, I identify with and attach to. It was more than that though. It was more about his story arc of success. Like the idea of a Kanye coming from, oh, the rap world didn't want him to win, but he's a different he's a different person and um, and people are inspired to follow along. So I was, I was feeling that happening to me as I was watching his, uh, his documentary because it's almost like it's embodying a mirror for everyone else to, you should believe in your, yourself because the three believes in themselves so much. And it's like an earnest belief in self. Like it's a, a, a vulnerable kind of, I really need y'all to believe in me uh, because I believe in myself so much. And I found that so compelling. I was like, this is why threes, you know, like the threes, like this Elizabeth Holmes can get so many people to like, what works? What is working about getting so many people to buy in, to give you that money? Because it's like pulling people into, to believe in the identity and the story arc of this is, you want to be part of it. You want to like help this person make it because they created that emotional landscape. They've created this identity that people can then attach to. And so I, I was like, this is what three is doing. In, in a way, it's like, it's assertive because it's crafting an identity, but it's, it's also aware that I need to craft an identity that, you know, people can attach to, people mm-hmm. can believe in, people can be inspired. And it, there's an emotional aspect to that where it, it can be, it can inspire like irrational responses from people in the sense that you're, I just want to do whatever I can to help this person succeed and reach their goals. Yeah. It'd be interesting to like uh, compare three grifters versus like seven or eight grifters. I mean, and I'm sure there's of other types too, but you know, and then like cult leaders and all, you know, all these people that do rely on other people's belief in some substantial way, you know, like (laughs) I sent you guys, uh, articles on that Rosalcon. Is that the, uh, the guy who's, I forget which one this was now. She's a it's, a, it's a woman. I met her at a party here in New York. Oh, okay, okay. She gave me a sticker and I was like, okay. And, and then I looked her up and I followed her for a long time because she was so cringy. I think she's some kind of autistic seven or something. And I'm not trying to shit yeah. on autistic people, but like, <laughs> you know, like at all. It's just, I actually think that's, is all that can explain, you know, like, like Elizabeth Holmes seems clearly autistic. And mm-hmm. um, I like, and this person, some, I mean, she's cringy, but there's also, there's something neurological, it seems like, going on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she's, uh, she's some kind of, she was like some kind of tech CEO girl boss, but also a cringe rapper called Rosalcon. Like her. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I mean, just look it up. It is, it is so bad. It is so, <laughs> you know, uh, it's so amazing. And just, it's terrible. And she's got a lisp and it's just like really, you know, uh, but she, she and her boyfriend it's like they stole or like launder like i think they like stole like billion a billion dollars in bitcoin or something crazy like this whoa it was some weird nerdy tech thing uh, but, but it was just another like 
like god like everybody's like, there's just so many grifters out there yeah and yeah. i don't know she was she was kind of interesting because she seems like she could be a, a seven because she would be doing these like powerpoint presentations for like forbes or like business big business companies or whatever conferences and she'd be doing all her like tech ceo stuff but then would also and, and you know and then do these presentations of how to like sneak into places and <laughs> show her in self and dumb costumes and then would show a, mu- a full-on music video of herself as <laughs> Rosalcon. and it's like i can't emphasize i can't emphasize how bad it is <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i i'd watched a uh... Uh, there's a Netflix doc on the guy who invented or came up with hot yoga, B- B- Bikram. Oh, oh, yeah. I've seen that, yes. So that guy's a seven, I believe. Oh, interesting. And, and yeah, you know, just on the idea of, like, you know, the different assertive types, you know, how they grift. And, I mean, he basically made up everything about mm-hmm. the origins of... He basically stole that shit from a teacher or somebody he'd worked with, came over to the States and just... Lies after lies after lies. But I think, you know, one of the things that uh, David had mentioned about sevens is like unconditional positive, positive self-regard. <laughs> and <laughs> so much. That's completely, completely true. And, and so this guy, Big Bikram, was just so full of himself. And he just had, you know, he was just so high on what he had created. Mm-hmm. But it, it's also as assertive types is like a tangible product is a tangible result mm-hmm. that pulls people in. But you know, people don't care about the bullshit surrounding the tangible result as long as the tangible result is there. And so with the seven it's theatrical, it's, you know, comedic and it's almost like childish in a sense that, um, this full grown adult is, has these sort of really, um, childish, uh, tendencies. It can be charming. I think that's part of it. But as long as you're delivering some kind of tangible result, it seems like, you know, if you're doing as a, if a three is doing it or, or, um, a seven is, is, you know, just being a clown, it'll work. Like people will just line up for it as long as there's some tangible thing, product or whatever. Yeah. This, this Bukram guy would like be in like tiny speedo underwear and, like stand on people and like be kind of like yeah like comical and eccentric in a way that was like both abusive but also kind of like oh that guy like oh, exactly so funny. Mm-hmm. right and and so people would just uh assign all kinds of explanations to his weirdness of like oh he's uh just you know he's too free to care yes like, like it's just interesting how people uh make up stories very quickly and it's like maybe some people are free and but this guy was you know a rapist and an asshole there was somebody else that came to mind it just is it the holy hell guy uh, emica have you seen holy hell i haven't but i'm going to you should you should i don't know if he's a three now now that i know so much about attachment i'm like i don't know he was too he drank his kool-aid too easily i don't really know but he had this just insane Definitely a sexual type. So he could be like some fucked up sexual three. He's, you should, you guys should watch it and yeah. we should talk about it. Cause it's, it's, there's a lot in there. Yeah. We, I, I want to explore this, you know, the different scammer or grifter styles because in a way, like, I feel like threes can get the deepest because they really get into the heart space where, you know, with the sevens and the eights, once people realize that they're being controlled, it it doesn't take long for the thing to fall apart. But the three thing, like, there's a real heart-to-heart connection that's being made here. You know, you just watching all these different threes, like, there's a way that threes are compelling because they they really start to pull on people's emotional strings. And emotions are really, that. I mean, you're not going to let that go easily once you have some solid emotional connection to somebody. I think you're right. But I think that, it's not so much a heart to heart connection. It's like the, you know, cause it's, there's no genuine heart there. Right, 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 right. Like, it's a heart playing, template. Yeah. It's, heart. it's exactly. It's like playing certain emotional notes, mm-hmm. but without any actual song there, you know? Yeah. I yeah. Think the other person is sincerely emotionally involved. Right. The, the like in this, um, what is this called again? Tinder, Tinder swindler. Yeah. This guy, Simon Levive is his name for anybody watching. Um, this guy absolutely did not have an emotional connection to anyone else. However, his like victims, I do think felt very close to him. Um, there was something else I was going to say in this, like, you know, we've, (laughs) 
with what happened to John and I back in January been, <laughs> and, and with what has happened, you know, with to David with certain sixes, um, there is this sort of show, HBO hit show we should start called Attachment Gone Bad um, <laughs> and like explore how to do that because there is, I think the reason that threes can be so successful and this is kind of a callback to what I was saying earlier is that they are assertive but about your emotional location. Mm. They're, they're assertive about getting inside of you. They're not pushing their agenda. They're pulling yours out of yourself and then mm. using it against you. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. So on that, uh, I am a man who loves his woman. And so I watched uh, The Bachelor Show with Alexandra. America's <laughs> greatest sport, everyone. And uh, so, you know, there's all these fucking grifters that are assertive types. and I've watched like way too much fucking. Uh, I don't know how many se- these seasons they pump it out like uh, like Hot rabbits cakes. or something. <laughs> but so they've been like trying to be like have like m- like you know like black bachelor and bachelorettes and stuff like this. And so then they like pulled back to have like the most white bread cereal box white guy football player type bachelor guy. Mm-hmm. And like uh i i haven't seen much but like he's like super fucking boring and super fucking blank and just like a big tall square chinned meathead guy and he's got no personality he's got nothing to show for anything and then uh there's this like part in the show where like you if you like narrow down like three girls and then you can like like you you spend the night with them and you you know you can like test ride with sex or something and uh what this guy did was he told all three women he was falling in love with them, but like he did it the same way, like on the <laughs> like one after another, where he goes, like he's been he's been completely vague and like completely a nobody the whole time, and then he goes, now's the night where I got to really open up, and then he says, oh, I've been in love with you, and it's not a new thing. It's like I've been in love with you, and then you know, then they're like, oh, he's in love with me, and then they have sex, and then the next day he's like leaving, and he turns around, he does this twice. He turns around and he goes, I, I'm falling in love and it feels so good. And it's like this weird fucking thing. <laughs> and then he tries it a third time on this, this woman. Exactly the same pattern. And she's like, oh, you were intimate with the two other women. And like, you didn't like, like me most enough. Like, you, didn't, you, you weren't like in love with me enough to be like, I know that this is my person. So she was like, that's my boundary. And I don't feel comfortable with that. And like, you know, that's a deal breaker. And then he has like, Dark Nine, Joker Nine meltdown, where he starts like <laughs> freaking out, like he's the first person who's ever anybody's ever said no to or no to him or something like that. And I mean, he just like train wrecked, and it was like the most cringy, fucked up shit uh, I've seen in a long time. Yeah, well, just to follow up on that, the internet was really hilarious because the internet has been roasting him this entire season, being like, Clayton has no personality. He has no personality. This is the most boring person in the world. Show us personality. And then last week happened and everyone's joke is like, no, 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 go back, go back. We don't want your personality. <laughs> but it, it's like, you know, he's like like a, a tall, generically like handsome American like template blank boy that everybody could just project on. Mm-hmm. And you can see that he like gets the way with whatever he wants by just being like, I'm really blank and nice. And like one thing Alexander commented on is that he never like speaks to the women about him like in a, in a direct way. He'll be like, they, in the show, they like go to all these different locations and see this stuff. And he's like, wow, this is a thing we won't forget. Like he narrates it in this like out, like I'm not even here kind of a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so anyway, it was like, it was amazing because yeah, he showed no personality whatsoever, completely blank, just in like a nice guy nine version and uh, of the Tinder swindler guy. Mm-hmm. And had this like fucking rage meltdown that was very evocative of a certain event that happened a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But even even bringing that up is interesting because like the nine style of blank and the three style of blank actually like are very similar. They just look different. Mm. For this guy, the bachelor is he's just not going to really do anything or say anything. He's going to like let you be the star and he's just going to follow along with it. And that's how you're getting what you want from him. Right? Mm. That's how you're able to paint whatever. Where a three is going to be more assertive. They're going to pull out what you want and then be that thing. You know, so they're not just like meekly standing in the background. They're taking center stage, but it's still based on what they are extracting from you. Yeah. 
You know that I've been thinking about this because I've been I've I've been watching the reality TV shows because I'm a good boyfriend as well. <laughs> what are you watching, Emma? You're, you're only man if you're you're really watching your girls' shows. <laughs> Ron is the Bachelor's number one fan now. Yeah, I I've been watching Love Is Blind with yes. my dad. Yes, okay. Future so, episode on Love Is Blind. Yeah, so I mean that was interesting because uh, everyone on that show is an attachment type. I mean the yes, latest season, except for one guy. Who, who was like the big villain asshole of the show, and I think he was a seven, probably. Shake, that guy? Yes, yeah. yeah, I think he was a seven. Everyone else is an attachment type, and I just thought it was it was unbelievable because it, it was this idea of an attachment template of what qualities and what aspects of myself am I going to show this person in order to create an attachment with them, mm-hmm. and then there's an unfolding uh, of the real like. You know, you got to find out what I'm really like later. But, you know, people still continuing the attachment. I guess watching it, I just felt like they don't really want each other. That's what I was like. They don't really like, they're not really into each other. But then they fucking go all the way and marry each other. And they come back and they're still into each other. And I'm, it doesn't feel real. And so I, this whole idea of uh, what is an attachment template and, and certain ways that uh, attachment types might almost erase who they really are or like this is what i have to do this is who i need to be in order to get this person to like me and like the three way is more assertive in in the sense that they are creating crafting that attachment template based on what the other person will emotionally attach to and with nine it's kind of like this is just a pleasant person who's going to go along with everything um the sixth version is a little bit interesting because it was more like i'm going to show you how much of a mess i am and because right. I'm going to show you that I'm real, that I'm such a mess, and that's something to attach to. It was really fascinating. <laughs> now, Emika has entered the world of reality TV. This has been my social observational study for a long fucking time. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Well, it's like, you know, when she was first, like, when we were first together, she's like, Do you want to watch The Bachelor? And I was like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I invited you. are not like you. me. You're like, no, fuck like, that shit. Okay. Oh, yeah, I have a confession. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, I'm going to watch this over here. You should do your thing over there. And then I was like, look, I watched The Bachelor. It's my thing. You got to be fine with it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's been like a year uh, for Beth to finally start owning that there are certain things that she likes and not, <laughs> not, not be afraid to like choose and say i want to do this and and it's like uh, right. it's a year of like i get to meet the real beth a year later that that's really what i've been joking about <laughs> yeah i mean you know if you got a nine you get like an, an hour for this cozy thing to be like all sexy and cozy next to you and curled up so it's like you know it's great but <laughs> alexander like one of the things i've been you know I, we've been talking about in the group and some of this is to get alexander to do some kind of social commentary on some of these things because like what what I enjoy about watching the shows with her is that she'll uh like see these two fucking duds on a date or something, and they're just like desperately trying to attach to each other mm-hmm. and she'll like point out like oh, they're attaching now or like this person does not feel like this person is an attachable person mm. but it's like the emptiness you're speaking of there's like no connection I mean sometimes it actually there is like that you can see it and this will happen and then they get scared of the real connection or the real chemistry mm. and they go into an attachment thing instead and then they have right. a flip out where they're like, I should have gone with the with the real thing, you know? And right, it's like, right. how much fear, and I'm not just, this is not just attachment types, but like how much fear is behind our connections mm-hmm. and how much yeah. of our, our fear is around real spark and stuff has been really fascinating and Alexander has all these like just observations about attachment and like, you know, we've been doing this attachment for sex I think for a while. And it's still really hard for me to understand attachment because I don't, I like, I think because I just don't have any attachment in my, my type structure. But it's like, it's only now I'm starting to really get a hang of like what it means is like a psychological function. Like I can recognize it before. And so, anyway, those kind of real life example commentary, play by play, whatever's are actually like been really helpful. Yeah. Alexander, you need to do that because I, I think <laughs> the reality TV is vapid television, but it's not vapid if you're, watching it as sort of like you know because it's only attachment types that are on these shows so like you can really learn a lot about attachment based on Mm -hmm. you know because it's a a ridiculous scenario like oh you you can't see each other and you're supposed to 
uh, pick someone you're going to marry at the end of 30 days. That's a ridiculous scenario. And then you you see all these attachment types like actually like Drink genuinely play along with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and yep. and to see that happen, it's like, man, I'm starting to see attachment better. So if you could mm-hmm. yeah, do yeah. something where you could actually comment on how it's happening, that would be that would be really dope. You mean I have to watch TV and talk about it? <laughs> We just have to get the technology oh, no. side set up. Like, I think once we get the, uh, it's like a stream or something where your your face is superimposed on the episode, like at the corner, and you can pause it and you can talk about certain stuff. Like, if we can set that up, that would be, that would be really, really, really interesting. Like, a, like an episode yeah, companion cool. type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I would love to, because yeah, I feel like uh, now that I've forced John into my world, I've hexated my way into John's, you know, whatever. Um, I'm my way. <laughs> I shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just there's so much content. There's just like so much to look at and talk about. Like in Love Is Blind, for anyone that's watching it, Emika, now you know what I'm talking about. There was that like six and something else couple. Who was that? Just like that shit six. Um, oh, the the Burnett. Yes. The Burnett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, she Her- was just you totally tell she was six because everything's perfectly fine, and then all of a sudden she has to like make it into a whole fucking scene. Right. And then I don't know what her, her I don't know what Nick's type was. I kind of think nine. Yeah, I was thinking he was probably nine. nine relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six and nine relationship. They don't like each other. They obviously <laughs> don't. They clearly fucking don't. But I think like an easy sort of um like if you like to pick a quick definition of the attachment type sort of like strategy, it is to remember that attachment types think the correct like answer, the correct way of being is outside of them. Hmm. And they're trying to figure that out without exposing that they don't know what they're doing. Hmm. So Danielle and Nick are both like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. Fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. But he knows, so I need to just play along. But she knows, so I need to just play along. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was I surprised that too. they stay together. But I, it seemed like whatever their dynamic was just fit in a sort of an attachment way. Like her freak out was getting him to, um, you know, double down on the nine stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like, yeah, I, I was surprised that they stayed together because I didn't, he, he was sweating bullets at the altar. I was like, you don't want to do this. I know. I know. <laughs> I was surprised she did at the end too, with all that bullshit she was drumming up. Like you just absolutely paved the way to be left. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Whatever. That, that was one thing I got from, you know, you know, just how does the attachment to disconnect work for six? And because it's like, you're afraid of, uh, you're afraid of rejection. You're afraid of being abandoned. So you want to get ahead of it by mm-hmm. creating, yeah, that's it. by creating like a fucking disaster problem, even though it, there isn't one, uh, just to see if that person will stick around. And then once you do that, it's like, all right, I'm going to try to pull them back in again. And she did that multiple times yeah. in the episode. So, so, so just watching that happen was like, all right, like I, I, I think I'm starting to get the each attachment to disconnect, how the three is doing it, how the six is doing it, how the nine is doing it. It's like very different, but yeah. how is still the nine att- doing it? <laughs> the nine is just, <laughs> I mean, you already know, I'm sure, firsthand. <laughs> <That's> tea, <though. laughs> We're an elusive species. <laughs> but anyway, I think, uh, yeah, I think we hit the topic pretty well. That's about an hour. Is there anything else before we wrap this up? Uh, you know, I'm just in, uh, I'm in Nice. Proud. And, <laughs> and if anybody could just send me like 80 bucks on Venmo, uh, I'll love you forever. I mean, if people are willing to send the Tinder, Simon Live Live or whatever his name is, $10,000, like y'all that are listening to this podcast should be sending us $10,000. Because we are ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> we are in your bedrooms. We are in your most intimate space every single week. You should send us a hundred dollars at our at our uh, bhe podcast at gmail dot com PayPal. Just well, do it. You guys, you guys need to create a landscape of connection with your listeners. <laughs> I thought that that's what we're doing. To, you guys just yell at them all the time. <laughs> okay, I guess we're in trouble. All of us, the podcast, we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We need a thousand dollars to be saved because all the not a four people are coming after us, and they've set, they've held us hostage in a remote location in Prague. And if you don't send a thousand dollars to our bhe podcast at gmail dot com, PayPal, we're not going to exist anymore as a podcast. So they're going to sell our four blood. 
<laughs> a rare four blood <laughs> to give them all four fixes. Oh gosh! Um, before we go, <laughs> I wanted to read a, a review that I found uh, for our podcast and encourage anybody to write reviews as well. But I just want to read this. Uh, the headline is it's by Ink Story Rebel. The headline is "What a Sexy Team." <laughs> it's by far my favorite podcast to listen to. I work in a greenhouse with plants. We put this on and vibe to it all day. I laugh, the plants cry. The plants laugh. I cry, the plants cry. We all swoon over David's mouth noises. I even named some of the plants after you guys, so it feels like you're all right in the greenhouse with me. Thanks, guys. You're really doing the Lord's work. All hail our Lord and Savior Satan. <laughs> Thank you, Ink Story Rebel. I would love to get pictures of any of the plants you've named after us. <laughs> that's one of the that's one of my favorite reviews of the show. <laughs> yeah, that's truly the best. It was a nine for sure. <laughs> Emma, have you seen uh, Batman? Dude, I need to see it. Beth see won't it. go with me, but oh, I, I need, I'm going to go yeah. go myself. <laughs> go really? see it. Go. It's good. She's not into superheroes, but uh, it's so good. Yeah, I've seen it's bigger than superhero. All right. I've seen some screenshots. I was like, just visually, it looks beautiful. Vengeance. Yeah. Yeah, it's really beautiful. The story's really good. They personalize Batman a lot more because I always thought he was kind of lame before this. It was like some just like flat, nothing, rich boy. Anyway, I think he's a white, no, not a whiny tears. I think he's a triple withdrawn nine. Uh-huh. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social self-pres, just like a sad, defeated, and doesn't want to be Batman. You know, like doesn't want to rise yeah, yeah. to the occasion of the Wayne family. Really good. Every every Batman like represents something in the zeitgeist. So like, I mean, watching Dark Knight again, it's like the post 9-11 Batman. Yeah. Where, you know, he like like to get Joker, he has to like hack everybody's phones to like locate right. him and stuff. It's like total, you know, and his his bat costume looks like he was made in the sharper image you know, like right. catalog and like, yeah, he's just so exquisitely rich that it's, you know, like, I mean, it was a good, it's a good fucking movie, but like Christian Bale's Batman is like such a rich three. Right. You right. Know? Like it's super sleek and like that kind of thing. And then like, I mean, fucking Ben Affleck is just a horrible <laughs> bro. Yeah. Like he's the Trump era Batman, you know, right, right, <laughs> right. Kills people and brands people. What did you say about Ben Affleck that he's, Ben Affleck playing Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Ben Affleck's Batman is Ben Affleck playing Batman. It's not just, it's not Batman. It's just like, look, I'm Ben Affleck and I'm in a bad costume. One, one thing I found interesting was the, the director for this thing, because the concept behind what he was trying to do with this Batman, one of the reference points he gave um, Pattinson is uh, Kurt Cobain. I was like, right. that's interesting. Right. <laughs> right. It's no, a different type of Batman altogether. No, this is the this is the sad boy Batman that I've always <laughs> dreamed of. Yeah. He's the, the new zeitgeist is the, the rise of the sad boy in a whole new way. And, and I yeah, I loved it. Well it's, it seems like a more realistic Batman for I mean, just what Batman would be if your parents got brutally murdered and you're sitting on this, you know, what what that would do to you psychology uh, psychologically. That's really interesting to see that they really made it more realistic. Like if one of us were a Batman today, you know, what totally. that would like, be a, like a Batman that can barely speak at like you know normal volume, just like yeah, the Riddlers. It's the Riddlers game now. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see that. Yeah, you should. When you watch it, watch out for the attachment themes because they're also really thick in there. Oh, yeah, okay. that would be a pod. That would be a, a bat pod. We need to have a bat pod. We should do that. Yeah, let me go watch it because it's. I mean, I, I'm just I'm impressed that they did something that's their own. You know, like each Batman, oh, yeah. you know, just having its own sort of uh, character and having and in a good way. Like, and it's not just like a superhero movie like they pump out. Like, it's actually uh, an artistic vision that's distinct. Right. So, right. yeah, Alexandra makes me watch The Bachelor, and I make her watch Batman twice. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. I'm gonna make Beth go with me because I've been watching her yeah. shit. Yeah, you've had enough Love Is Blind or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm gonna make her go watch Batman with me. Let me text David and let him know that we're done. David. Hey, here I am. I'll okay. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, bye guys. Bye. bye. bye.